Okay, guys, we've been in um, the Empowered by the Holy Spirit series, right? And just looking at just different angles of what does it mean to live empowered? What does it mean to live filled with the Spirit? And um, I'm stoked. I actually get to preach on living empowered by the Spirit to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, the fruit of the Spirit is, is pretty incredible. Um, and I hope even just to, to lend some different perspectives. Um, and, and I don't know about you, but, uh, but as I head into the fruit of the Spirit, it's Galatians 5.22. It says, um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, right? And, and for me, I can even tune myself right now. I don't, if there's any other, you don't even have to be a rancher, but I know ranchers are guilty, okay? If, if there's any people that are kind of like ranchers, because I grew up as a rancher, you go, okay, I got the list, I'll get her done. Just, I know how to get things done. So I'm going to tune my ears to listen and get it done, <laughs> right? That's, that's really, I, I hope honestly that this message does convict us in a good way, but that's not the route I'm trying to go. I don't want to give you a list of however many things this is and go, have fun, hope you get her done. <laughs> like, hope you get a lot better at this <laughs> because I'm watching you. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we're going for. Um, but get this after just saying that and hopefully letting you off the hook, um, I have some bad news that's actually really, really good news. But it is a little challenging, at least for me. So it ends, right? It says, against such things there is no law. And I, I, grew, up, I grew up in the church, so I memorized this verse as like a teenager. And, and I got this idea pretty early on that like that just meant if I do any of those things, I'm not gonna end up in prison in America for doing them, right? Like there's, I'm not gonna break any laws. You can't, you can't love people and break laws. That's kinda, I was like, maybe that's what it means. I don't really know. Um, but as you dig into that, and I loved how the Passion Translation words it, what it actually means is um, there is no controlling principle or rule from God or man that can put a limit on these things. So like gravity is a universal law, right? The reason we all stay stuck to the ground. If gravity left for a little bit, that would be terrible, but also like really fun for a second, right? Like we'd all just get to fly for like just for a little bit. And I think that would be really cool. But what it's saying is there's, there's no gravity on these things, okay? There's, there's nothing that holds them to a certain limit or level or keeps them on the ground. So the Passion Translation says this, never set a law above these things because they are meant to be limitless, right? So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, what we can take away from that is there is no superseding law or power that can stop you from connecting to him to receive his strength to walk in his fruit his gifts, and his power to overcome in life. So, so the good part is, like, that's awesome. I don't have to live in fear that I won't have access to the power of the Holy Spirit when I need it. I, don't, I, I know that I have limitless access to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? The bad news is I don't have any more excuses. Right? 
Like, shoot, <laughs> right? If it's limitless, truly, then the part where I go like, oh, crikey, <laughs> you know, like, oh, dang, is, is that actually it's, it's limitless. I really don't have a block or a limit that I can blame or say that says, oh, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, do, I, didn't, I couldn't have enough patience for that. And that would have been like maybe exciting before I was a mom, but like as a mom, to know that there's no limit to patience is like, I didn't want to know that. Like I wanted to be able to say, you've reached the end, kiddo. <laughs> you know, like I'm done with patience right now, right? But now I know that I don't get to be done because he's not done. He's never done with his patience toward his people. And I get to reflect that to my daughter. I get to reflect that to the one to come, right? I get to reflect the limitlessness of grace to the people around me. And that is both an an invitation, but also a really high standard for his people. So I hope today, um, maybe we can unpack some blocks from that. Because I think, um, though that is true, that, that it is limitless, our real problem is that there are false powers and just things in life that blow themselves up to seem bigger than God, or really my ability to connect with him and receive his power. So I might be sitting here telling you that's true, like, hey, it's limitless, and you might, A, be, be the, I'm joking, I'm not, I'm not harping on us too hard, Dad. You might be the rancher that's like, all right, I'll get her done. <laughs> Fine, I'll do it, all of it. Or you might just be like, yeah, right, what are you smoking? Like, that's just not even true. Like, this is not, that's crazy. You interpreted the Bible wrong. <laughs> like, too crazy, right? Um, and I think it is because there are really real things in life that, that get big, that, that make it seem like, how, is, how could I do that? Like, how is that actually limitless? Really? Like, really? Um, and so, so, the connection that we need is that as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he's gonna give you the power. That's what it's all about. Like I said, we could never do it in our own strength or on our own, but as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he gives us first the power, but here's the next really fun thing. That's actually good news, I promise. He will start to convict you when you let things become bigger than him or your access to him. And, and I think sometimes, again, I don't know about you, but, but I'm guessing most of us have a history in our lives long enough at this point where conviction is tied to shame and condemnation that we don't like conviction. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound fun, right? But, but it really is because of the fall of man. It's because in our history, we know guilt, we know some condemnation, we know some shame, but conviction separate from that is not as well known. It's not as well experienced. Um, so, so we guard ourselves from it. We actually literally put blocks from it. And I, and, and I don't know about you, but maybe you've heard someone else say something like, well, I'm not Jesus. I, I can't be expected to walk in all the fruit. Like, you really expect me to be him? Or, or maybe you've heard someone else say, look, I know I lost it, but I don't lose it nearly as much as he does. <laughs> like, so let's just get that straight. Or if none of those apply, maybe it's just, you, you have no idea how hard it is to work with her. 
right? Like, I'm guessing maybe some of us have heard someone else say something like that. Because those people who deal with that, maybe not us, um, you know, but really, it's all of us, right? And, and the reason is this. I think it's because we're already feeling condemnation. It's quite possible and even probable that we're already judging ourselves. And if you're me, I can almost guarantee <laughs> that you're already thinking someone else is at least judging you, <laughs> right? So, so what do we do? This is the history of mankind. This is the fall. We justify and defend. We, we do what, whatever we can to get this guilt off of myself and onto something else. It's happened since Adam and Eve. It's been, it's been a cycle since, since the start of man is this sense of like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't be Jesus. Or, oh, no, no, but look at what they did, right? Because we can't handle that weight on ourselves. It's like, oh, we got to get it off. But, but here's the thing. In John 15, I wish we could take all day on this, but John 15 is really good. You should, you should read it. Um, it. It talks about uh, the Lord coming and pruning us. And it says some things that are like, ooh, just pretty much like if you're not bearing fruit, you're just going to cut it off. You're like, that's exciting, you know? Okay. Um, but, but here's the thing. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and convict us because God is mad and you failed. That's not, that's not the angle that he's coming from. The Holy Spirit is actually convicting us so the Father can tenderly prune what is fruitful and cause it to bring more fruit, but then also so that the Father can look at areas of your life that aren't currently bearing fruit and see if they need lifted up and supported or if they need removed and taken away. But here's what happens. If you, if you put this into context, he will either, fruitless things, he will either literally lift up and put a stake under so that you can lean on it, or what, what he cuts, the, the person tending, the vine dresser, bundles that up, puts on their own back, and carries it away. See, the reason the Holy Spirit brings conviction is so that your own weakness can't be held against you. That's why correction comes. That's why conviction comes. It's the tender heart of a father, of a vine dresser, of, a, of someone who's tending you, going, look, I'm going to bring conviction in these areas so that more fruit can come, A, or B, so that I can take on myself the thing that's causing you guilt and carry it away. That's the cross. That's what he's done. But that's what he's doing actively in our lives. Like, how cool is that? All right, so moving forward, when we get that, which it, ta- it, it takes time, it's got to get deep in you, but when I get that I'm a beloved son and the intention of my father toward me is to, to make me more fruitful and to carry my weakness away on his own back, when I get that kind of love, something flips on its head and I begin to lean into conviction and repentance. I begin to have the audacity to like it, right? Like, what? I begin to go, God, show me where I'm thinking wrong so that I can think rightly. And when he convicts me, I go, oh my goodness, thank you for the invitation to be more free. Who doesn't like that, (laughs) right? But when I don't get the heart of the Father, I go, (gasps) conviction, no, I don't have to feel guilty. You don't understand. 
I am justified in my weakness here. I get to be a party pooper, right? Like, we, we protect because we, we feel that condemnation. We feel it coming. The enemy just whispers it and whispers it. But we get to the other side of the heart of the Father, and I go, oh, man, Lord, I don't want to be justified in my impatience with my daughter. I want to lean into conviction, and I want to be the most patient example to her, right? Like, I don't want to be justified in my lack of self-control. I want to lean into conviction and go, Father, correct me. Give me the right train of thought, right? And set me free so that I can walk in victory in supernatural ways that should be humanly impossible, right? Like, that gets fun. So here's the deal, guys. I, I think... As a community, it would be so cool if we, like, even memorized this, but like if we lived out embracing and leaning into conviction in a way that it became the most normal part of my day. My every, like, literally every day that I would, I learned these four R's at an encounter weekend, they've been so helpful. I, I consistently repent. Repentance is a normal thing for me. It doesn't mean I'm failing as a Christian, okay? It actually means I'm realigning myself to truth. And once I see the truth and my eyes are opened up, the things that I used to do, I don't do anymore because they don't make sense to do anymore, right? It's not, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so horrible. It's, it's actually just, oh, thank you. You're showing me the truth and I was thinking wrong. So I'm gonna leave that now and God, I'm gonna ask you for grace to live this way, to live out of this place. So we repent, we release which is also forgive. I forgive myself and I forgive others consistently, daily, moment by moment. This is an active part of my life. I renounce, which means I, I, I renounce any alignment with lies um, or, or sin, really. I just say, you have no place in my life anymore. I don't think that way. I don't do that. You're behind me. I, I say it so that it's like, a, it's defining things. It helps me retrain my thoughts. And then the, the last R is restore, which really just means I bless where I can. That girl, <laughs> that, that you don't know what it's like to work with her. I, I bless her, actually. And I bless our relationship. I bless our working relationship where I can, right? And, and so the, I repent, release, renounce, restore as just an active part of my life. And I think sometimes in our Christian walk, we get this idea that those things are like for altar calls. And, and if you... If you have to do them once a year or less, you're healthier. It's just not true. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not true. Let's, let's make that just so a part of what we do. Um, so here's the truth that we just want to bask ourselves in, and that's Romans 8. This is in the Passion Translation, I believe. And it says, the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. When you get into a situation where conviction starts to feel like condemnation, you go, oh, case is closed. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't have to come under that. That was the enemy trying to stop me from leaning into some wonderful conviction and going, oh, I don't have to settle. I don't have to settle for these things. I get the fruit of the Spirit, and I get to live by it. So if we let him, 
here's what's exciting. If we let him, the Holy Spirit will convict us when we tend toward thinking as if we're on our own and trying to live by our own strength. That is something that sabotages the fruit of the Spirit so much, right? Um, in uh, John 14, 16, and 17, it says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another. This is the Amplified, because I just loved it. Like, listen to all the names of the Holy Spirit. The Comforter, a Counselor, a Helper, an Intercessor, an Advocate, a Strengthener, someone who stands beside you, that he may remain with you forever, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know and recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. So the truth is to this, this, this thing that we need the Holy Spirit to convict us, convict us of, this idea that we're separate from him, the truth is he's with us forever and he's with us constantly. There is no separation but sometimes I, uh, I think we all, we, we have this idea that, that we have our Devo time or our church time, and then we're supposed to go do like the rest of the week or the day in our own strength. We're supposed to get her done, <laughs> right? Or, or maybe I didn't even have my Devo time, but I'm supposed to please God by doing things re- like really well. And I just go out and I start, I start trying to do them. And I, I feel like he's kind of... <laughs> Like I'm on a grading system a little bit and I'm more approved of if I exhibit really wonderful Christian virtue um, without needing him, right? Like I don't, it's, it's like a trap, but I think like if I can be really, really good without needing help, then, then he must be like so proud of me, <laughs> right? Like look at how much more patient I am than Ben is. I must be the better Christian, Honestly, guys, it's totally ba- that's backwards. He's way more patient than me. I'm being real. <laughs> like, at least with Haven, I don't know. But, <laughs> but anyhow, right, like we, but we think that way. And, and here's the thing that I think the Lord allowed the Old Testament to reveal and, and wants us to get it. He's not most satisfied in our obedience. He's most satisfied in our connection. Obedience is, is a fruit. It's a byproduct. But, but connection is what he's after. He's after that heart to heart connection that results in radical, radical obedience to him. And this is what it says in Hosea 6, 6. I love the New Living Translation here. It says, I want you, or, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. Right? So what he's saying to this idea that I think I'm a better Christian and he's more proud of me if I exhibit, you know, all these Christian qualities without his help is that's, that's like, good job, Pharisee. Like, nice try. That's not the point. That was never the point. The point is there is no task, there is no life event so mundane or easy that you should try doing it by yourself. The point is, I see maturity as how quickly you lean into me, not how long you can go without needing to. That's his heart, and that's what he's trying to say here. And I get so caught up in my need to prove that I think if I can just do it a little bit longer my own, in my own strength, then I'm a better person. And he's going, no, if you could lean a little bit quicker into that, even that weakness, 
I would carry you and both of our lives would be stinking so much easier, right? Right, that's, that's the point he's trying to get across. The next thing um, in that separation is, is shame, right? Sometimes if we're not on the independent, I can do it in my own strength side. Maybe we did try it in our own strength and we fell and we fell hard or not so hard. But I think this mindset can come in. The enemy just tries to whisper, well, now you gotta get it back together so that you can get God's strength, so that you can get his approval, so that you can get his favor. And, and I, I wanna just remind that little whisper, that little nagging that I've gotta get it back in order to approach God, that it says he will be with you forever and consistently. You can't even escape the Holy Spirit in you. You can't. And, and what is that? Is it Psalm 119? 191, there's some ones and some nines, I think. But where he's just like, where could I run? Where could I hide from, I can't, even if I try, I can't get away. (laughs) Like, he's in you, consistently, and forever. You can't mess up big enough to get him out. You can't. He's like, hello, stuck with me. (laughs) And it's my job to to tell you who you are and to tell you that, that, like, it's my job to bring you back into, into the fullness. It's my job to bring you back into freedom, into the presence of the Father. Like, like you, don't, you don't have to do anything or earn anything. We're already one. You're already in Christ. Holy Spirit's already, it's your, you're like sandwiched, guys. He's in you, you're in him. He's seated by the right hand of the Father. We could go to lots of verses. You're stuck in the goodness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Can't run away. All right, um, Oh, God, I'm like, sure, I'm moving. Okay, <laughs> so, so in the last one, I think in that separation is sometimes we, we can think on either end that our temptation is bigger than our connection to God. And I, I just wanna tell you, like, don't give in to the temptation to do it alone. It's, it's just totally a lie, like we've already established. But, but I mean for, for parenting, for family interactions, for relationships, for school, for, for choosing to live well, right? Like he's accessible in every choice. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. The Amplified sorry, adds this, he will provide a way out so that you can endure, and then it says be strong and powerful and bear up under it, and it paints this picture um, that, that just shows that God wants to set you up for every struggle to be a testimony of victory. So, you know, that's the only, that's his, that's why, the, that's why he even allows them, right? That, that it would always be a testimony of overcoming, um, and I, we, Ben and I just recently did Restoring the Foundations, and I got into a conversation with the people that took us through at one point of just like, it's kind of silly to think that we do much of anything in our own strength, like purely in, in our own strength. Um, but the, the big question really is which power source are you gonna choose to align yourself with? Not so much how strong am I, or, but really which power source? And and you have this choice in these moments, and whatever you choose will have a surge behind it. So I can choose Holy Spirit. I can choose God's truth. I can choose to lean into that conviction, right? Or I can choose fear, control, lies, th- things empowered by Satan. 
And um, I mean, how many, you don't have to show, you don't have to do a show of hands, but how many of us have given in to anger and seen a force beyond ourselves come out? Right, you're like, I was just gonna get a little bit angry. <laughs> like I just was gonna let them know that I was controlling. <laughs> like I'm like, I was in control, but then this like monster jumped out of me <laughs> and I was like, ah! <laughs> I like, I, I've seen that come out of certain people not like me. Like, no, I've seen it come out of me. Okay, and it scared the crowd out of me. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That wasn't even me. Like, I don't even do that. I don't even give in to anger. And then I was talking with these guys, and I was like, that's it. That's totally it. I, I gave in just a little bit, and the enemy comes in, and he goes, oh, you wanted to choose that? Great, I can help you with that. Just like the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I can help you with that. He's like, watch this. And your anger just went from, like, low grade to, like, bear grade, you know? Because it, it blows up and it gets out of control and it's a great tactic from the enemy because then shame comes because you feel really bad that you just blew it. And you're like, oh, I'm never gonna do that again. You make this inner vow, I'm never gonna, do, I'm never gonna be like that again. And then, <laughs> ah, I'm a terrible person, <laughs> right? And you get like stuck in this cycle, right? But here's the thing. There's no temptation bigger than your access to the Holy Spirit. So, so whatever it is, whether it's a, whatever, to anger, I mean, that's the one that I use, you can be heading right into it and the Holy Spirit can say, hey, we don't do that. We don't live controlled by anger. I've had that happen. I started getting really mad at Haven. And I was about ready to blow a little. Controlled blow. It's gonna show her. And the Lord goes, we don't discipline through anger. And I went, oh, you're right. We don't discipline through anger in this family. That is not our motivator. Our motivator is her gains. It's her, it's her being built up. We do discipline, but we don't do it from anger. And I got to stop and not do it. And like, like that is no temptation has seized you. And let me give you the strength. I got to listen to the Holy Spirit and let his surge of power come through me before I did the thing I didn't wanna do, right? That is the access we have to the fruit. That's what we get to live by. Another thing that he will um, convict us of is, uh, is becoming victims who forget who we are and fall prey to powers that be. There's so many things, there's, I, we could go on for days in this, but I do think two huge categories are this extreme of I can do it in my own strength, I'll do it separate from God, or I, I have no power. Like, like, what, I can't be held responsible. I have, like, I'm a victim. I, like, I, I can't not do that. Or, or they made me. Or you didn't understand this situation. Like, I just, right? Like, but listen to this. Galatians 4, 6 through 8 says, And so we would know for sure that we are his true children. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, My Father, you are our true Father. Now we are no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we're him, his, we can access everything our Father has, for we are heirs of God through Jesus the Messiah. Before we knew God as our Father and we became his children, we were unwitting servants to the powers that be, which are nothing compared to God. That's a victim, an unwitting servant to the powers that be, because we just didn't know that that power was nothing compared to God. 
Um, Bill Johnson said this, I loved it. He said, nothing can separate me from the love of God. We've established that even in this message, right? You, sorry, can't. However, I can live aware and focusing on inferior things and lose the awareness and God-given sensitivity to his heart for me. It does not mean his love has changed. It just means that I don't live conscious of it. That is, I just, I feel like that is such a good picture. I, one of the things that we tackled in RTF is I had these tapes that would play over and over constantly in my head. Um, and I didn't even realize to the extent that they were there that were just critical um, or, or of myself or really that I felt like people were assessing me all the time, just all the time. And these little like low-grade thoughts would just come in. He probably thinks that of you. They, they, you didn't get this done in time, so they're probably frustrated with you. Constantly, all the time. And, and even as a Christian, I was being fed lies that attacked my identity or my freedom as, as a daughter of Christ, right? But I was an unwitting servant to the powers that be because it felt so normal that I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Yep. If I just work harder here, I can prove to them that I can get it done, that I've got what it takes, that I'm not a bad person, right? I can, and I, I lived responding to that junk instead of responding to the truth, right? And I'm a really good Christian, y'all. I've been doing it a long time. <laughs> it doesn't matter, <laughs> right? I lived just unwittingly serving that. And what I loved is that we didn't go through this, I don't need, like, the process that we went through was literally you identify the issue and then you just say, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you now? What's the Father saying about that? Kept coming, bringing you back to sonship, bringing you back to what does the Father say about that? And, and as we progressed through this identifying and prayer and forgiving, repenting, right? Like all the things, leaning into that conviction, I found myself more and more free. And there is still a temptation getting back to give into that, but guys, literally, I, I get to like, I get to walk off the stage leading worship and not go, did I do this right, did I do that right, that person's probably thinking this, that person's probably, thinking. Josh probably thought dot, 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 like I used to do that all the time and not even realize that I did it. And now I'm like, whoo, that was fun. I just enjoyed it, or I didn't enjoy it, but that's okay. Do you know what I, like, it just, my brain is a little bit quieter, which is really a miracle. A lot goes on in there, guys, but it chilled out some, <laughs> right? Like, it's the so exciting that, that as we listen to the Holy Spirit, he can do these things. And conviction, you guys, it doesn't tell you what you're not. It tells you who you are. Just reminds you, this is who you are. So here's our invitation to the fruit of the Spirit. It is a love that's divine in every varied expression. Limitless love, right? Love for our spouse, love for our friends. It's, it's love. You don't have to explain love. We all, we all kind of wrap our minds around that. It's a joy that overflows. Not always like jumping up and down, being like, and I'm so happy, so very happy, right? But, but a, a deep, calm delight that causes me to be well, that causes me to thrive, that's experienced and received from the Holy Spirit, but also experienced because of someone, or by someone else, because I walked into the room. Joy overflows. You can bring people around you a calm and steadfast joy. 
that they get to actually taste, like that they get to experience because you walk in it. A peace that subdues. That means the kind of peace that calms storms. It means that my mind and my heart are undivided, that I'm at peace with myself, and that my life as a whole actually promotes peace between people. Like it brings people into reconciliation. It's meant to subdue chaos and put things back into perspective. I have access to a patience that endures, right? And this is twofold. First, it's like a steadfast perseverance that won't give up or be controlled by ups and downs. I endure. I'm not controlled by my circumstances. But second, it also means it is a self-restraint that refuses to hastily retaliate or act out of revenge or anger. I love that. I have a peace that keeps me steady. Or sorry, I have a patience that keeps me steady, but I also have a patience that gives me self-restraint to say, you know what? I'm not going to react to you in this moment. I'm gonna tap into some grace and I'm gonna respond to you well. I am not controlled by your poor reaction right now. I get to choose my own. And I get to, again, bring peace. Um, I've been asking myself this, do my children and those I have authority over consistently experience a patience that endures? That's a convicting question, at least for me. Uh, Goodness, that's really closely, uh, or sorry, kindness. Kindness is our next one. Kindness in action. It's generosity with work clothes on. Not financial even. I mean, it is financial, but it's not just that. It's like caring for those, lifting them up with my words and my actions. I have limitless access to that. Goodness, um, it's closely related to kindness, a life full of virtue, a heart with fertile soil. It's that person that you're just like, man, they're just such a great person. Like they're just, they're just one of those all around good guys, you know? Like, like that's just walking it out. Faithfulness can also be worded as a faith that prevails. It's a twofold one again. First, it's the character of one who can be relied on, who keeps their promises. And second, it's a steadfast confidence and trust in God. It's the conviction that he is who he says he is. So this faith is combined. It's like a faith so confident in God that my ability to be faithful prevails. It perseveres. My ability to keep believing, my ability to keep being reliable, it doesn't waver because of who I trust, because of who I have confidence in. Gentleness is a meekness of heart, a humility. Um, This one's big. Guys, we have access to divine empowerment to endure insults with patience and without resentment. Right? I have divine empowerment to wholeheartedly serve another when I could be being served. That's meekness. That's humility. Self-control. The virtue of one who masters his desires and passions especially sensual appetites. This is different from being controlling. Or, you know, like at the beginning when I was talking about, I do this by myself, I have loads of self-control. It's actually, it's a strength of spirit. A person with Holy Spirit self-control is someone who knows they have the power to choose what they do. I take responsibility. I am not a slave to my impulses. It's actually a strength of spirit not a strength of self, not a, I'm so strong. It's just, 
I know, I'm fully aware in this moment, I can choose the, right, the strength of fear or anger, or I can choose the strength of Holy Spirit, and I'm responsible for that. That's Holy Spirit self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In every situation, in every exchange, in every person you have a hard time with, against such things, there is no law. So this morning, just as we end, um, I, I really feel I really feel like God has just put on my heart um, that he wants to give grace for, um, he wants to give grace for tough situations, for people or situations that you've just felt like, dude, look, like there's just, there's a limit. <laughs> like there was a limit here. And, and he, he wants to, to blow on your strength. He wants to, to fill up that, that reservoir of limitlessness, of your ability to interact in that situation, um, or areas of your life that you need empowered to overcome in, things that you've just been hitting. Like, I just, I don't know how to overcome in that area. I feel like he wants to give grace to overcome in those things. And something that is so important as we talk about the limitlessness of the fruit of the Spirit is that it doesn't mean that you have to always be blooming with sheer happiness. <laughs> Praise the Lord, amen, Chris, right? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I am okay, right? It doesn't mean you never have to have a bad day because here's the thing. The word also says weep with those who weep, right? Like, there, you, you know that that's gonna happen. And I just wanna say to you, you may be grieving or going through trauma. You might be in some really hard things, and you don't have to be like, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I'm going to do all that, right? Like, here's the reason why it's limitless. It's limitless because the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father himself, I mean, you could, whatever, whatever word or, 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 or whatever you're connecting to in that moment in the Trinity comes and sits with you. He's literally in it with you. And, and in that place, Truth settles into your situation regardless of your circumstances. And, and that fruit, that limitlessness can begin to rise up regardless of what's going on. So, so sometimes, um, I don't have time to tell a long story, but Haven's birth was like stupid insane. It was 62 hours and then it, I ended up having to have a C-section, and at the end of the C-section, they're like, hey, check it out. You have an ovary that's 10 times the size it's supposed to be. This is a huge tumor. And I'm like, okay, should, should, should we remove that? Yes, please, that would be nice. So they remove it, and, you know, along the way, like three days later or a few days in, yeah, three days later, they got the results back. But a couple days in, someone was like, okay, like, I'm just going to ask the real question. Like, aren't, aren't you, like... Are you guys scared? You seem to be not even acknowledging that a tumor was just removed from your body, right? And I, I just, I realized going into this birth, the Lord gave us some really defining words, but one of the things he gave me, which I thought was just gonna be convenient when I was pushing out a kid, not 60 hours in a tumor later, was Heather, nothing can steal your peace. Nothing, absolutely nothing is allowed to, because that's between me and you. That is a limitless access kind of thing. And, and I lived in such a deep reality that nothing could steal my peace that 
like woo, you know, like like I didn't. It didn't even occur. Like it didn't even occur to me that a tumor should or could or maybe would. It just I was just like oh, I don't know. I have a baby and I'm sure it'll be fine. But it wasn't like naive. Like I, I just didn't know. It was this deep abiding peace that could come and carry us through a situation that was scary, that could have been traumatic, but actually was okay. Like it, it actually worked out okay. Um, that. That is the limitlessness of the fruit. It's not a law put on you or a burden put on you. So um, if Jim, if you guys on the team could just come up. Um, as we wrap up here, I just, I want to take a moment. I'm going to pray. Um, if you guys could, I think, yeah, if you guys could all stand. And I just want you to ask the Lord, God, there's a situation I've been failing that I, or sorry, a situation I've been facing I just feel like I haven't been able to overcome in or an area in my life that you want to give me grace. Also, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not sure what that means, we want you to come forward. We'll explain it to you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is just such a wonderful, wonderful part of, of being filled with power. So if the ministry team could come up, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna wait on the Lord. And if you want prayer for any of those three things, being empowered to overcome, having grace for situations, um, or being baptized in the Spirit. I just want you to come forward. So uh, ministry team, you guys can come up so that you're here. And let's just, just wait on the Lord even for 30 seconds. Father God, thank you that, that we don't come to church to receive a new set of rules to live by, but we come to be filled with your grace, with your divine power to overcome, to thrive, to endure, to persevere. And I thank you, God, that, that you come and you meet with us exactly like you need to. And some need to be met with a little bit of conviction. Some need to be met with a, oh, Lord, I can respond in this way. But some, right now in this moment, need you to just come and sit with them and, and be their peace and be their joy and be the hope that rises up in the midst of their situation. Only you know, God, who needs those things. But I ask right now that you would stir in our hearts, God, that you would convict in the most inspiring way. Speak against any condemnation now in Jesus' name, and I thank you that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. None. We live free. So even as we just wait on you, Father, I just bless this room. Bless the people in here. Thank you, Father.